0: Well, amen. I'm so excited about the heartbeat of what is going on in this room right now. I feel like in the next few minutes there's going to be a breakthrough for someone in here. And I have never been in this room before. I've never spoken, if that's a word, at a Buckhead Church before. I'm so grateful to be here, grateful to Samer and Brad for having me and uh, I just want to jump into what God is already doing in this place because we just proclaim some some really lofty things about what God has achieved on our behalf and if that is true that death was arrested and our lives have began wouldn't it also be true that our lives would live up to the lofty calling that Jesus has earned for us and so I'm stepping in knowing that there is a heavy weight in this room because there is so much potential that is looking at me right now. I realize that. And so I'll introduce myself. My name is Miles. I am from Auburn, Alabama. War Eagle. I think we got one. Yeah, you're we true, um, but but i 'm really just a poser because i 'm actually from Atlanta and I went to Kennesaw state um, so yes hooty-hoo, let 's go throw it up, which is funny because I actually at my church, which is you know hundreds of college students who go to Auburn, I was like, listen y 'all, I go to Kennesaw State. We just got a football team this year, and we 're better than Auburn, um, so it 's been a little bit of a struggle in the football area. At Auburn lately, we're not going to talk about that. We're excited about the future for Kennesaw someday, national champs. And we'll all be like, man, we went to Kennesaw State. Can you believe that? But uh, I went to KSU from Atlanta. I was best friends with Samer growing up. And uh, my wife and I decided to plant a church in Auburn two years ago. God's been so, so good to us. And the reason why I love being a part of movements that target college students is because I believe there is power in the season of life that you're in right now. I believe that there is that potential for the call of God to become a reality in your life. And some of you know this, some of you don't. But the future of your life is being built by what you are doing with the years that you've been given in the season you're in right now. You are going to be standing on these years for the rest of your life. And I know the world looks at college and says that is just the time where you get to do what you want to do. That's your last chance to have fun because then the real world hits and it's like, whoa, this is going to be horrible. But, but, but what I'm saying is college is not a time to go do all the things you always wanted to do. College is a time that you're building the life that you are going to stand on for your entire future. And if that's true, there is a lot of pressure on you right now. I'm 27 years old. I'm like just beyond the season of life that you are walking in right now. And I don't want to see you miss the call of God for your life. There is nothing more important right now. There is nothing more important tonight than protecting the call of God for your life. There's so much potential in this room. But if you're anything like me, most of college, I was constantly and consistently worried that I was going to do something that would knock me out of the will of God. The most common question I get at my church over and above any other question is this question. It's almost always from college students. It is, how do I know God's will for my life? How do I make sure I am at the center of the call that God has for me? Because if it is true that I have so much potential based on the life that Jesus has purchased for me, then I don't want to miss that potential. So most of you spend your time stressing out about making sure you're in the will of God. Is it that major? Is it that internship? Is he the one? Is she the one? Every day, question, am I ever going to get a one? God, all I need is one. Uh, I mean, it's it's just like a constant struggle to go. So am I in the will of God? Am I living out the purpose for which God put me on planet earth? And I've got to figure it out in these four years. Once I graduate, it's over. I get thrown into my future, and I want to make sure I'm in the will of God. And I've been there. I, I've, I've been awake late at night going, God, is she the one? Sometimes God goes, no. Sometimes God goes, yes. And if you have seen my wife before, you would say amen to that yes. Thank you for that. Yes, Lord. You are good to me. Now, I, don't, I don't know what it's like for you in college right now, but, but I have a sneaky suspicion that a lot of you have a lot in common with me. I was a freshman at Kennesaw State University, and I went through a really rough season. Isn't it, is it just me, or is freshman year like really hard? Like Freshman year, I'm not a type of person who struggles with like anxiety or depression or anything like that. My freshman year of college, I had, I would say, a slight identity crisis. Because what happens your freshman year of college, no one ever told you that high school was going to end one day. TV told you, life is about high school, you are the class of blank, and that told me that my life doesn't really go past 2007, so if you're the class of 2007, that was it for you, and then I found out, oh, life does go past high school, in fact, once high school is over, high school actually didn't matter at all, no one ever told me that, and so I'm sitting there in college, I'm at Kennesaw State, and I'm living at home, which is really difficult, and uh, all my friends, including Sam, went to the University of Georgia, which is a terrible place, and, um, and, and so all my friends are gone, my identity's gone, In uh, high school, High school. I know this is hard to believe, but I was the captain of my basketball team. I know that's hard to believe because you know I'm short and white. I'm like semi-white. I could get away with mix right now. I was at the beach last week. And um and and but but don't let don't let this fool you. There is a there's an there's a baller in here somewhere. White Iverson. And um some of you yeah, this road knows that song. That's great. The rest of you in the room are like never ever ever in my life. Well, go look that one up. And while you're at it, there's a good song out right now called Panda. Just Gets me there. Um, But uh, anyway, we're not talking about that. Whoa. Um... But I, was, but I was a freshman. I was a freshman in college, and I was like, I loved my identity in high school. I loved my friends. I loved my life. And now I'm, I'm at KSU, and, and I'm at home, and my friends are away. And I had this girlfriend who also went to UGA. And and this is like the one before the one. Some of the married people in the room know about the one before the one. It's like, no before yes. And, and so I was like, God said, no, close the door on that relationship. So I lost that because I was finding so much of my identity in that. And everything I thought I was in the past was gone, and I was absolutely, Absolutely miserable going, God, how do I make sure I'm at the center of your story for me? Because all I really want to do is go back to my past. In fact, if I had it my way, I would have liked to go back to the past or fast forward to the future. Like, God, I would love to go back to the way it was, or I would just love for you to let me know that this all works out okay in the end so I can withstand the misery that I am in now. Anything but here, anything but now, I want to be away from the life that I am living in right now. I wish I could go back to there, and I wish I could go forward to there, but here's the reality. You cannot go back to your past as much as you want to. Even if it was good, even if it was bad, some of you wish you could go back to your past so you could reverse some of the decisions that you made. You can't. You can't change the past, and you can't revisit it. You know what else you can't do? You can't see the future. You can't travel ahead to make sure the story all goes according to plan. So you're stuck in this reality called here and now. And that's exactly where I was my freshman year of college. I felt stuck. I felt like I'm going to miss the call of God for my life. I don't know who I am. I don't know who God wants me to be. And then God dropped the most diamond of a verse into my life, my freshman year of college. I'll never forget. I was walking on campus at KSU Right by the social sciences building. You guys know where that is? Yeah, it's a big one. I spent a lot of time there. And um, I opened my Bible and I read this verse from Jeremiah 29. And it changed my future. Now most of you who have been in church for a long time think you know what verse I'm talking about. Because your grandmother cross-stitched it and put it on your bathroom wall. And you're like, he's talking about Jeremiah 29, 11, the future verse. He, he's talking about this great verse. If you don't know this, there's a memory verse that Christians just quote and quote and, and actually take out of context again and again. I'll read it to you. This is Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. It, it, it's where God says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Every Christian loves that verse yeah, God's got a future for me. He's got a hope for me. He's going to prosper me. He wants my best. Yeah, God, God's going to do that. Well, I don't want to be the buzzkill of Jeremiah chapter 29, but that verse actually wasn't written to you. That verse was not written to me. That verse was written to the people in Israel. And so really the only person in this room who can hold on to that verse is Samer because he's from Israel. Um, and uh, maybe his sister. His sister's here too. But I'm just kidding. They're they're not Jewish. Uh, Anyway, this was for the Hebrew people of God in a season. Watch this. Some of you don't know this. In a season where they were headed off into exile, into slavery in Babylon for the next 70 years. And this promise of a hope and a future actually comes to the people of God after a very important verse that most of you have never heard. And it's not Jeremiah 29.11. It's Jeremiah twenty nine seven, and when I don't put it up there, don't put it up there yet, because this is a super secret verse. When I read this verse my freshman year of college, it changed everything about my current circumstances and how I viewed the will of God for my life and how I viewed where I was between the past and headed toward the future. I'm going to read this to you, and when I read this y'all, I still feel the same sense of the Holy Spirit every single time as I remember what God has done to me. Somebody is here tonight, and they want to go back to a season of the past. They want to go back to a relationship of the past. They want to go back to a life that they used to have, and they need this verse. And some of you worry the day and the night away about the future, and you need this verse right now, right here. Jeremiah 29:7. here's what it says. Here's what it says. Before we ever talk about the future, here's what God said. Seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. He says, seek. Here's what I want you guys to do. I want you to seek the peace and the prosperity of where you are headed right here, right now. Because if you prosper where you are in this moment right here and right now... It will prosper you ultimately and eventually in your future. See, the key to you experiencing me is not going to be looking back on how it used to be in Jerusalem because the people of God wanted to stay in Jerusalem. And it's not going to be remembering that in the future I'm going to deliver you from this. How you are going to make it in your current reality is by being fully present here and now in the city that you're in, in the place that you're in, in the circumstance that you're in, and in the relationships that you're in, if you will stop looking to the past at the way it used to be and stop looking to the future, hoping for something different, and prosper where you are now, then you'll see the call of God come to be true in your life. And it hit me. I hated where I was at that time, and I was missing so many opportunities that God had placed right in front of my fingertips. When I was in college, I got the opportunity to lead a small group of high school boys for four years. It's one of the most incredible privileges I've had in ministry because I truly believe some of those, probably not some of them, probably one of those guys is going to change the world. I'm thinking of one of them specifically. You know how you have favorites? Um, And so this guy... I got, to, I got to spend my life. I didn't see this at the time when I was thinking about there and then in my past and there and then in my future, but I didn't see it at the time. But God had this group of guys where my feet were in the here and now that he wanted me to pour my life into and send them out all over the world for the glory of God. I didn't see that. I saw living at home with no friends. That's what I saw. And God goes, I got a purpose for you here. I had a job. I was a waiter at Chili's. It's an interesting place. Um, and I, you know what I wanted to do with my life? You know what I wanted to do with my life? I wanted to work in a church. I knew I wanted to preach. I have known that since Samura and I met in middle school. I wanted to work in a church. Church. God missed it and said, ch ch And said, that's where you're going to go. But you know what? You know what? This is crazy. Sometimes the path to the microphone and the path to the church goes through a tray and a chilies. And here's the thing. I wanted this this huge future that God had for me, but the reality is I didn't love people yet. And to love people, I had to go work at a restaurant and experience true brokenness and experience true darkness and be around people who are so far from God it would blow some of your minds tonight. And I had to get involved in their life to know that I'm not in ministry To grab a microphone and have nothing to say. By the time I get there at the church at that time, I want to be able to stand in front of a group of people and go, I love people who are far from God. And I couldn't say that if the path didn't lead me through the chilies. But in the moment, I'm just like, it's just this job. But then God's like, here and now. I wanted that girl that was there and then at UGA. But the reality was God had a girl for me in Kennesaw. And the girl, the girl after the one that God says no to, or the guy after the guy God says no to, just trust me, it is so much better. Because did you know that every time God says no to the wrong person, he's really saying yes to the right person. Every time God has ever told you no about a relationship that you wanted to put your foot down about, he was actually saying yes to someone a lot of you haven't even met yet. And when you do, you will find me, you, I don't know how, you'll come to Auburn and you will go, you are right! You were right about the yes. You were right about that. Why? Because so many times we look at our current here and now and we go, I don't want this. But God goes, my will isn't coming in there and then. God is not a God of there and then. God is a God of here and now. And if you are faithful now, God will make you fruitful then. If you are faithful where your feet are now, God will make you fruitful wherever you're going moving forward. But the harsh thing for you and for me is learning how to look at where we are in the here and now and go, God is here. You know our God is ever present. A lot of people like to make God out to be this guy in the sky who's watching the earth like a movie eating popcorn going, gosh, I hope they don't miss it. He is always in the present reality. He is always in this moment. He is not waiting for you to change your past. Some of you need to hear that tonight. The cross that we sang about earlier tonight frees you and me up to go, I wish I could change some things about who I was. I wish I could change some things about who I was with, and I wish my story were different. But the, the truth of what Jesus has done says your relationship with God is not contingent on where you were there and then. It's all about where your heart is here and now. The most important moment of your spiritual journey is always the now moment. And if you will be faithful in this moment, God will make you fruitful in that moment. But until you come to an appreciation and understanding of where you are now, you won't see it. See, some of y'all are like a, you're like a football team. Let's go back to the football illustration because... Auburn's so horrible, and Kennesaw's so great. Um, let's go back to football for a second. Some of you are throwing your life away, and it's only thro- third down. You ever seen a play go away a team didn't want it to go? You ever seen somebody make a mistake in a football game? It's like, that wasn't supposed to go that way. You were supposed to run here. You were supposed to block him. You are supposed to catch that. You were supposed to, you were supposed to, you were supposed to. But see, if a team quit every time something didn't go according to plan, they wouldn't realize the value of the now. And some of you are thinking that you cannot return to your relationship with God, and it's third down. Yeah, first and second didn't go the way you wanted it to go, but what moment are you in now? What are you doing in this moment, in this place, right now? And some of you have checked out on this whole Christian thing. You're like, man, I'll do that after college. I will do that once you know, I have kids, once I need to be a Christian, once I do that. But here, here, here's the reality, though. You won't be the person God has called you to be once you get there if you're not faithful to become the person God has called you to be here now. And so you're not going to win the game ultimately if you don't run what you're supposed to run in this moment. The most important moment you and I are living in is the moment that our feet are in right now. I wanted to tell some of you tonight, this is amazing. Only our God can redeem our past and rewrite our future in the present. Only our God can take your past that you see as something that maybe you want to go back to or maybe it's something that you want to change and he can flip it for the good of your future here and now. But only if you and I are faithful to meet with him and only if you and I are okay to go, okay, I'm in this season. I'm at this job. I've got this internship. I'm taking these classes. I know your goals are up here. I know it's like I've got this amazing potential and I don't want to miss it. I don't want to fall short of the call of God for my life. And I just see all of this stuff. Yeah, but the road to get to that stuff is here and now. It's this moment. And so I want to free you all up tonight. This is going to be fun. I want to free you up to step into the will of God in the here and now. I told you over and over again the question I get, college students, how do I know I'm in God's will? What am I supposed to do? Who am I supposed to marry? Where am I supposed to go? How is this all supposed to go? I want to give you the most freeing answers about the life God wants to give you this summer in the here and now about encountering him so that you can let go of all of your stresses and worries about the past and the future. Is that okay if we do that? Look at the person next to you and say, that's okay with me. That's okay with me. Look at the person you just ignored and say, you look so good tonight. You look so good tonight. We'll just make it real awkward and get somebody a date. Hello. Hello. Okay, okay. Number one question. What is God's will for my life? I'm going to answer it in three points. You ready? God's will, number one, is whatever. God's will is whatever. So many of you just want to know, I just want to know what I'm supposed to do. I just want to know what internship. I just want to know what. 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 You want to know what? The will of God is that in whatever you do, how you do it would be for the glory of God, not necessarily what you do. Because what you do will be ever-changing, but why you do it will always be constant for the glory of the name of Jesus. I'm not making this up. This is in Colossians. This is in the Bible. You ready for this? Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So God's will isn't a trade that you were called to figure out or a major that you were called to declare. It is a person he has called you to be in whatever you do. What's God's will? It's whatever. It's whatever. Now, it has to be for the glory of God. So, you know. You can't be a drug dealer for the glory of God. Some of you are like, I'm selling. I can do whatever. No, no, you cannot do that. It is that in whatever God has called you to do, you know what? You know what you should do? You should do what you're gifted to do. You know what you should do with your life? You should do what breaks your heart. What about the world that you are living in makes you you what makes you go I come alive when I step into this purpose when I'm doing this thing or this breaks my heart about what's going on in my neighborhood or across the world what are you gifted to do take what God has put in your hand to get to what God has put in your heart see I wanted the microphone God gave me a tray some of you want that job ultimately but you don't want to be faithful In the class you're in now, some of you want to be a great dad, want to be a great mom, but you don't want to read your Bible today. It said, and whatever you do, you're becoming who God has called you to be. So feel that freedom. God is not a God with this master plan for your life that you've got to find the map for. He already gave us the map. And the map doesn't say, these are all the steps to get you where you want to go. The map says, here's who I've called you to be. Follow me. That's what it says. So, whatever stop worrying your life away about what you're going to do there and then and start becoming the person God has called you to be here and now. And you'll end up doing what you want to do. I'm telling you. If you would have told me I would be pastoring my own church at 25 years old, I would have laughed in your face. I said, that's impossible. What is impossible with man is possible with God, but only when your will is submitted to God in the here and now. It's all about here. It's all about now. And your life, your circumstance might not look exactly the way you want it to look. But you can encounter God in the here and now, just like Israel was called to do in Babylon. Number two, God's will is whomever. God's will is whomever. So this is going to free a lot of people up tonight. It's also going to embarrass some of you. I want to ask a question. I want you to answer it honestly. Totally honestly. How many of you in the room believe in soulmates? Uh, Honestly, all the girls in the room are like, I do! And all the guys are like, I don't even know what that means. Um, You need to see me before you, and you'll find out real quick what it means. Hey, uh, I, I like this, honest confession, I love romantic comedies. I do. In fact, my wife made me a poster of my top 5 favorites in my office. Um, but I'm so serious. Number 1 is The Holiday. Hello, Jude Law. But uh but I love I love movies like that and I love romantic stories. I love where it's like guys, please don't take my man card cuz you know, I I'm wearing Nike's, so I'm good. And uh and, 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 and we all get caught up. Listen, we all get caught up. If you raise your hand for the soulmate thing, here, here's, here's what I want to say. I know it's, it's a, like a hopeless romantic thing to believe in soulmates. But here's the problem. Some of you may have heard this. Here's the problem with soulmates. You do realize that if one person marries the wrong person, it throws off the soulmate plan for the whole world. The whole world is thrown off. You realize that? So if Johnny was supposed to marry Rachel... But Rachel, she went all crazy, went over here and married Jason. Jason's all miserable because he was supposed to end up with Linda, but Linda's over here crying because she's over here with Paul. And Paul's over here like, I didn't want to be with Linda. I wanted to be with Whitney. And Whitney's all over here like, I married Alex. What was that about? And then Alex is over here like, what? I wasn't even, I don't even know who I was supposed to marry. Like, no! God is not running a sting operation to trick the world into marrying the wrong person. There is no secret plan. There is no person on planet earth that you have to find. God's will for who you are going to marry is whomever. Whomever. It really is. And so some of you need to let go of the stress of finding the one and start embracing the reality of becoming the one. Because God is way more concerned about who you're becoming today than who you will marry one day. God is way more concerned with the person who you're becoming today than who you're going to marry one day. Because here's the reality. Regardless of the person you stand in front of at the altar, that will not change the person who looks in the mirror at you on your wedding day. What will change the person who looks in the mirror at you at your wedding day is whether or not you submit to the will of God here and now. So become that person. And then... Marry whoever. If you want just free dating advice for a guy who married someone way out of his league, free dating advice. Here's what you should do. Here's what you. Do. You want to find the right person. You want to find the right person. Here's what you should do. You should just run, run after Jesus. Start running after Jesus. Okay. And after you run for a little while, just put your head up, look around, see who's there, wave, say hi, wink at somebody. Okay. Put your head down again. Do not ask her out. Do not try to like. Slide in, do his DMs. Okay, just keep running. Okay, just keep, you're just running. I'm, re- I'm just honest. I'm just keep, you just keep running. I'm just running up. To you. Okay, you look up again, you see the same person again, be like, oh my gosh, that might be a sign, but I don't want to be too careful because three is the number of the Trinity. So I'm going to keep, I'm going to put my head down, keep running, keep running, keep running. And then after you run after Jesus for so long, if somebody's still in the same lane of life as you, then go get coffee. And then, watch this, you'll look up, you'll be married in three months. I'm telling you, be real fast, have a big old rock, be awesome. I don't know. I can't promise you that. He might not have money, but he's got Jesus. He's got everything. So uh, chase after Jesus, man. Become who God's called you to be and let go of this. Now, do, do I believe God chose my wife, Courtney, for me way before I was even born? Yes. But I also believe that six years ago when we weren't married, I had a choice. You and I have a choice. We have a will. And I'm praying. I'm going, God, is she the one? Is she the one? He's like, I don't know. What do you think? I'm like, uh, well, I, you know, I love her. I, I think I can lead her. It's hot. Uh, I just, I, I got, and she, yeah, and got, yeah, marry her. God did not want your life to be you constantly looking to him to go, I just want to make sure I don't take a wrong step. He's going, I gave you your life to make choices. Your will isn't supposed to be submitted to me on the basis of some secret plan. Your will is supposed to be submitted to me on who you're becoming. Because being in God's will is about being in God's ways, not figuring out his will. What does Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 say? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will do what? He will make your path straight. What how does God make my path straight when I submit to his ways, not when I figure out his will? Because God's will is more about following his revealed ways than figuring out his concealed will. You follow what God has revealed in scripture, you'll get to what he's concealed and not showed you. Also, if God wanted you to know those things, he would have told you. He's God. He's God. If God wanted you to know something, you would know it right now. Think about it. Everything that's mysterious about your life, everything that's uncertain, everything that's unknown, that is straight from God. He's the God of the universe. He can do whatever He wanted. If He wanted you to know what you're going to be doing, who you're going to be with, and what your life is going to look like, He would have told you. He doesn't want you to know. Why? Because if you did know, you wouldn't have to trust Him. And trusting Him is what creates the love relationship that makes you and me into the people we really want to be, following Jesus. So God's will is whatever. God's will is whomever, and this will free somebody else up tonight. God's will is wherever, wherever. Man, it's so frustrating um, to try to figure out where God has called you geographically. Like, God, I just don't know where you're calling me to be. I remember when we started the church, I had a job as a youth pastor, like 20 miles north of here, that I absolutely loved. Like, it was my, I thought it was my dream job. Now I have my dream job. But, uh, But at the time, I'm like, God, I just should I go to Auburn, should I stay in Atlanta, should I go to Auburn, I I don't know. And I just, I didn't feel a burning bush moment. Most of the time when God shows you his will, it's not written in the sky, in the clouds. Most of the time he goes, I'll be with you in Atlanta and in Auburn. Where you want to go? It's wherever. And even when God does call you somewhere specific, I believe it's still wherever. Remember in the Old Testament when God called the Israelites to take the promised land? Like, yeah, he told them a specific place to go. Yes, he did. But he also said this. This is, this is kind of a hidden verse. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 24. This is what God said. He said, wherever you set your foot, that land will be yours. Wherever you set your foot. So what's, what's mine, God? What, where do you want me to go? Hey, where are your feet right now? There we are. Yeah, that's ours. Oh, you moved over here? Yeah, I'm with you here. Because here's the reality. God's not waiting for you in a geographic destination. God is in you here and now. And if you go there, he goes there. Because he's not waiting on you in a future destination. He's with you in this moment. And if God fills you up to become the person God has called you to be here and now, he will take you where he's called you to be there and then. It's all here and now. It's whatever. It's whomever. It's wherever. Stop living your life crippled, believing that God has some secret plan that you have to figure out, and stop living your life crippled by wanting to revisit your past because it was better than now or because you wish you could change it. You can't change it. God can redeem it. You can't change it. And you can't go back there. You can't see your future. God hasn't revealed that yet, but you can submit in the here and now. If, you haven't, if you've been checked out the whole night, look up here. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. Band's going to come up here. We're going to sing a little bit more. But before they do, I just want to share this with you. If you, haven't, if you haven't heard anything I said tonight, then please write this down and think about it later tonight, whenever. After you watch The Bachelorette, because I know you're all recording it. Don't watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. This is, this is so key. Don't waste your story dwelling on there and then. Let God write your story here and now. Do not waste the potential God has placed in your heart for some foreign destination. God is not a God who's waiting for you to change your past or waiting for you to figure out your future. God is going, I love you. I want to know you. I want to be with you right here, right now. So where are you? right here and right now you're at buckhead church you're at the living room god is speaking are you listening in this moment we're going to sing two more songs i don't want your mind on where you're going from here i don't want your mind on anything other than this moment here and now because i feel like god has freed up some of you to see That your potential for the glory of God isn't some future thing that you need to wait for. Your potential for the glory of God can be accessed now at that job, in those relationships. So get your eyes off of there and then. And get your eyes on here and now. And let's meet with God. Let's just turn this place into awestruck worship of our God our God is not a God who's waiting for us to get our lives right or waiting for us to figure out the plan our God is a God who wants to tell us he loves us in this moment and he's been saying it since before the creation of the world if you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus I'll just say you have incredible incredible potential and you have a God who has loved you since before your parents named you. There is a man named Jesus who died on a cross 2,000 years ago to give you life. What kind of life? A life that takes you from death and despair to fullness of satisfaction in your life. Here and now. You're here in this moment. Say yes. Say I'm in. Say I want to follow you. I'm going to pray. And we're going to sing. Why don't you all stand up all over this place. Let me pray for you. If you would, if you feel comfortable, just open up your hands to whatever God is saying here and now. Just open up your hands. Whatever you're saying, Lord, that, that's what we want to hear. God, I pray in this moment, in this moment here and now. Not in some future moment and not in some past moment at some retreat. No, no, no. Here in this moment right now, we want to meet with you. There is nothing in this world that compares with knowing you and loving you and being loved by you. So, God, I pray for every man, woman, guy, or girl within the sound of my voice right now. Can we just meet with you in this place, God? Can you drop your presence in this place and remind us who we are in you? Remind us that this moment is all we have. We submit to you. We give you our relationships. We give you our jobs. We give you our schools. We give you our campuses. We give you our families. We say here and now I'm yours, God. For those of us in the room who are in hard times, I pray that they would embrace the fight of the hard times that they're in. And for those who are enjoying amazing seasons right now, I pray that they would praise you for what you're doing here and now. But regardless, here and now, we want to meet with you. And here and now, we say yes to you. We love you, Lord. And we give you this time in Jesus' name. Amen.